This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Gilbert, and joining me tonight, we have Kelly Hinkle and Joe DiMarini. How are we doing tonight, Kelly? We are excellent. I think we should do, so, okay, before we started recording, I love doing a behind the curtain. We were thinking to ourselves, like, okay, what is this show? Like, what is it going to be? And I suggested that it's like when a movie takes place in the same universe as another movie, but is neither a remake nor a sequel, and then Joe quite correctly then pointed out that this is the broad street hockey cinematic universe that we are existing in. And so this podcast is just another chapter in the comic book thing. I don't know. I've, I've lost the plot on my metaphor, but I think you get the point. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. I've, I felt like that was a, that was a fantastic, <laughs> uh, fantastic comparison there by Joe. Joe, how's it going? The Potiverse. Yeah. It's doing a, it's going pretty well. I'm excited to be here. My first ever podcast. So, ever, 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 yeah. You'll never yeah. stop now. I, I oh, never I thought. Yeah, I I'll never another, thought I would. Sorry, I'll be Good. another guy with a podcast. You know, just there's not enough. On. Yeah, there's, there's just not enough. not enough, not enough, not enough white guys podcasts out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to hope to be bringing on a bunch of different uh, Bell Street Hockey writers. Maybe, the, maybe the new guys from the Fly Guys. I listen to that. That's pretty good. Of course, your favorite uh, Steve, Stephen, Stephen Quiggs from Hyperbole there. So we'll be uh, rotating in guests and whatnot throughout the uh, rest of the season here, which has turned out to be uh, pretty successful so far. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, I don't know. You want guys just introduce yourselves a little bit, Kelly? Uh, I think people know who you are, but just just in case. Yeah, so I'm Kelly. I work at BroadStreetHockey.com. I used to be on Broad Street Hockey Radio, which has passed. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, you know, 50. there's never too much talking about the Flyers, in my opinion, which I think is a very sad indictment of my life personally. But I do think this is going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really glad that Ryan decided to kick this off. Yeah, I've been uh, thinking about bringing this up for a while. You know, I have a lot of my own, like Kelly says, I have five different jobs. I do. I, I, I podcast for the Hockey Run <laughs> podcast pretty much almost every night. So that was taking up a lot of my time. But, you know, all-star break. We got a big, big second half coming up. So I figured we'd get this uh, whole thing kicked off. And I'm happy to have you guys with me. Uh, Joe, uh, what should the people know about you? Uh, I'm Joe DiMarini. I'm a writer over at BSH. I do most of the previews on occasional uh, other article when the time is right and i've been a flyers fan since like right before the pandemic pause so i saw this team win one playoff series and then never go to the playoffs again and yet i'm still here so i love new people new people are my favorite because i'm always like like joe's like a fully formed adult right like i don't know about you ryan but i got sucked into this when i was practically a child yeah. So before I knew any better, but Joe, Joe made this decision quite deliberately and consciously. Yeah. And, and I'm not even like, by it. I'm not even like a sports person. Like I was never a sports person. I went to school in Pittsburgh. So I was uh, around oh. a lot of Penguins fans. Oh. I know I started in 2009, which is when they won their first cup of the Crosby era. So it was like mm. Penguins mania. Uh, so luckily I chose the correct team. You sure did. I sure did. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll dig into how that exactly transpired at, at some point <laughs> down the line here, because that, that, that's got to be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, but all right. Uh, Joe, I think so, you, you mentioned something in the Slack earlier today. This is, this is pretty much going to be, you know, the Broad Street Hockey group Slack. Oh. We, we, we talk about whatever here, and that's what we're going to bring to the podcast. You, uh, I think you sent a screenshot of somebody's Instagram, possibly, possibly Big Z, with all, all the guys ha- hanging out. Oh, yeah. Uh, someone on Twitter, it looks like they took a screenshot of Igor Zamula's uh, holidays, right, for the All-Star break. And who is there? Cam York, Tyson Forrester, Joel Farabee, uh, Ryan Paling, Noah Cates, and I think there was like one more that I'm forgetting. They were I'm all hanging out in it. Mexico. Caesar, Forrester, York, Cates, Frost, and Paling. Yeah, Frost. You know what's wild? I feel like there's a one of these things is not like the other. Who do you think that is in my mind? Well, it, it's not the one that just got a two-year contract. He's going to be here for two more years, Kelly. No, but I feel... Okay, so he is the answer. The answer is Ryan Paling. <laughs> the answer is Ryan Paling for one of these things is not like the other. I don't know. For some reason... Okay, first of all, I always forget that he's not old. That's the first problem here. I always forget that he's one of the young guys. Um, Him and Kate are the same age. I, I know. Yeah. For some reason, though, like when I think of the the single brain cell bros on this team <laughs> like the rest of that group computes but for some reason i wouldn't have mentally put ryan paling in it but it turns out he's one of the bros so the bros yeah. are hanging the vibes are getting reset which is exactly what we needed truly yeah a vibe reset is huge I wonder what uh, what Travis Connecty is doing, or what Travis Sandheim's doing without his other his other Trav either. I don't know if they're on vacation together before the All Star game, but I mean, Connecty unfortunately has to go up to Toronto, which I guess isn't too bad. At least it's not somewhere yeah. awful this year. Well, he doesn't have to go till this weekend, right? So, like theoretically, he could take a little little yeah. vacay. But He's he has a wife. There. He has a wife and a kid, doesn't he? He's probably well, yeah, at home. He has two kids now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like <laughs> the the adults on the team. If they're on a trip, they're on a trip with their wife and their child, and they won't be taking any Insta pics. Like, there's like two tiers to the dudes taking vacations. It's either all of the bros together in a house that will soon be filled with like <laughs> sticky substances and body odor. And then there's the guys who are like in a villa in Cabo with their lovely wife and children. So, mm-hmm. I love <laughs> one that assumes Igor- Travis Konechny is on the second one. Yeah. I love that yeah, Igor Zamula is the photographer for this, too. Like, that just, you know, after being in the AHL for so long, for him to come up and have his first real season and immediately go on, like, the Mexican retreat with the other guys is just... Yes. I love yeah. that. I like that's, it a lot. I that's great for him. Yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was very much up and down. I mean, even coming into the season and in this season, that's good for him to be included there just just guys being dudes in that house you know just just hanging guys out being dudes having some cold ones doing some other stuff I'm, I'm sure but you know at least uh, they are all 21 or older so it's legal it's legal to have a uh, recreational use there so go off well it's mexico too i don't think there really is an age <laughs> like i think it's 18 <laughs> yeah that's true right? that. they'll be all right yeah isn't everything legal in mexico technically if you know a guy well, I just hope those boys have a good time out there. That's all I'm I can sure say. I'm sure they will. I'm yeah. sure they will. Yeah. Um, and hey, Zamula needs a contract this summer too. Hopefully, he uh, endears himself so much to these players that they give him a good one. Yeah, yeah. You also brought yeah. You, you mentioned that also on Slack. How him and him and Brink, I think, are due for for bridge deals, or is it just, is it just Zamula? Uh, Brink too. Um, technically, as well, Carter Hart, but. We don't have to go into that one. And then Wade Allison is due a contract if they choose to sign him. Uh, and then a bunch oh, of other hey. AHL guys, Adam Brooks, Tanner Lashinsky, and Cooper Marodi, uh, Wills Molek, Adam Jenning. I'm sorry, who? Yeah. Wills Molek? Wills Molek. Uh, That's not a real person, Joe. <laughs> Why are you making up names? <laughs> I swear. Uh, I'm on the uh, cap friendly right now. And then... Uh, Mason Millman and uh, Victor Mete, if they choose oh, to keep fuck. those guys. I forgot Victor Mete was a member of this organization. <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I think he was on. He's on the twenty five hundred twenty five, right? Because I think I, I realized that they still had him at him then. And my my, uh, my Wade Allison suspicion is that Owen Tippett just came, zapped all his powers, and now you know Tipp, Tippett's taken over. Yeah, one hundred percent. Appears to be the case. Which is I mean, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean they're loaded at right wing right now. Anyway, I don't think I think Wade Allison would have really had to show himself. Unfortunately, it's not going to yeah, cut it here. I mean, yeah, even even Bobby Brink isn't cutting it now. I mean, Lixell, I think, probably got the call because he can play left wing. It seemed like he was playing on the left side more so than than Brink was. And yeah, behind Konechny, I mean, Tippett's playing on the left side some, but Konechny, oh, there's all, all the depth there. I mean, yeah, right wing is going to be hard to find. But the, the Flyers just need to parlay like a few of those pieces for for a top line center. They can just yeah. like do that. Like, like, like trade them in. We'll take yeah. a, a one C back and, and it'll all work out. Cam Atkinson yeah, you... for Tim Stutzla. Who says no? <laughs> Nobody. You put enough <laughs> mid pieces together, like all of the mids added up, equal a top line center. So you just mm-hmm. have to package enough mids together and then no one can say no, is my understanding. Exactly. It's like it's like a video game trade where you just keep adding these players you you don't care about until the bar gets high enough, and then it's like, okay, we'll we'll take your trade. And yeah, and you know what? I I think Danny Breer and Keith Jones have have the uh, ability to do that. Why 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 not? They can do anything if you ask me. They can't be stopped. So far, I'm inclined to believe you. I no notes really. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was thinking last week about like what is Briere's worst move as GM at this point, and we, we Joe brought up Mark Stahl, of course, because he's he's depth and also his, his his other issues. But like besides that, Paling's worked out. Like, Here's the thing, though: is that Mark Stahl deal even bad? Really? No, no, it's not. Like it he's going to be gone. Yeah, it was just like, oh, we have all of these left defense prospects, so you sign this veteran. But, you know, Torts, true to his word, he said, Mark Stahl is not going to play every night. And everybody rolled their eyes and was like, oh, that's just Torts selling something. Guess what? <laughs> Stahl has not played that many games this year. He, he really hasn't. Like, yeah, Tor- I mean, I think the whole kind of city of Philadelphia has done like a 180 on Torts over the past six months plus. Because okay. I hated him when, when he first came in. Yeah. So, so I just looked this up. How many games do you think Mark Stahl has played this year? Like 10? We're in like 52 games right now. Is that where we are? 50 something? Uh, about that, yeah. I'm going to say 11. 17. Dang it! Ooh. He has two points. Two points. Look at him go. Two points. I also I completely forgot Ristolainen was out for like the first... He, they almost Ryan Ellis'd R- Ristolainen. He's, he, yeah. he, he's, he's come back and been great. Oh, stall, stall did for the most, for the most part. He's been he's been better he's than expected. He's been fine. He's yes, yes. He had a couple of good. He had a couple of good games. He had a couple of real bad games, and then he had some games where it was just like I didn't really notice him. Which, to be quite honest, is for a defenseman pretty good. If you don't notice a defenseman, yeah. that means they're not fucking up. So for Risto, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, that, that's exactly what you want to see from uh, a guy, especially like Risto, that you know can move out of position or have horrible plays in his own zone. If, if you don't notice him, that's that's a fantastic thing. Yes. He's also only minus six through twenty nine games. Um, his career best is minus two in sixty nine nice games. Nice. Yeah. So he he could still break even for the first time in his career. We'll see. For sure, yeah, and his expected goals numbers are fifty five point six eight percent, which is the the top among Flyers defensemen. Second, uh, Mark Stahl fifty four point nine, and then then Sean Walker. So <laughs> yeah. Ristolainen. and I, I, I hope Briere. Speaking of magic, I hope Briere and Jones can move that Risto contract. But I don't know if Jones could. could yeah, I don't give know if they up. want to. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know if well, they want hold to. up. They have their next Risto, the next iteration of Risto. It's Hunter McDonald. That's a per- that's a person. That that's yeah. I, I did have to look look into him a little bit more because you a few people uh, spoiler alert, included him on the twenty five under twenty five and he, I know he's somebody that I think Breer and Jones have both brought up as somebody that they're like looking forward to as far as defenseman prospects are. So and you know, and Chuck Fletcher, 
Chuck Fletcher brought up well, Hunter McDonald too, like but after is, he was fired. Is, is, is that a good thing? Where does where does he go right now? Like where is uh, Hunter McDonald? Northeastern North University. Oh, he's an American. I'm off of American hockey players for the rest of my life. Never again. Mm. They're all bad. No more college students. Sixth round pick in 2022. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only stats you have are, are basic stats. Points. He had 14 points, 35 games last year. Two points in 10 games this year. But he's a, he's a plus four. I mean, if that's if we're going by plus minus here, uh, plus minus is, is is not. It's not a great stat. You know, it, it, it can be used to, to to show some things. Which I'm. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm, moder- Kelly. I'm I'm moderately annoyed now that two general managers and the president of hockey operations are talking about a sixth round pick. So Kelly, let me sell you on this guy. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. He's unfortunately, he's a left shot strike one, but he's six, four and weighs 207 pounds. So you're saying he's big. He's about the same size as Risto. I think. (laughs) Yeah. he's, He's about the same size as Risto. Um, but I, I will say, I know plus minus is a flawed stat, but in the 35 games he played last year, he only scored 14 points, but had a plus 21. Now, he might not be racking up the points himself, but if the, his teammates are scoring that much with him on the ice, maybe good things are happening even when he's not touching the puck, at the very least. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll trust the opinion of... of of those guys. I mean, he's, he is, he did lead the team last year with a plus minus of, of 21. And this year he is a fifth plus four. So maybe, maybe just, it's a good hockey team. I I don't know. I, I trust the people that have definitely watched him for the more than zero seconds. I've watched him in my life. I was going to so, say like, I, I, have, I seem to have a lot of opinions for someone that I didn't know existed until 30 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Which is extremely like me. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully he, he's better than the than, than the McDonald we had on on defense. So uh, hey, Joe doesn't even know the AMAC time, the clutch time, the AMAC, the, the geese. It's just we need like a a, a flyer's tw- fly, fl- flyer a Twitter like uh, history lesson for Joe in the off season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I who was it that wrote the defenseman we wish Torts had been able to coach? Was that Thomas? Thomas, yeah, yeah. Thomas did that one. I in the Slack chat said. What if they got Hunter, or not Hunter, sorry, Andrew McDonald, maybe Torts could have fixed him. And everybody was just like, no, no, he was, <laughs> he was unsalvageable. He tried real hard. Yeah, I was watching, watching AMAC on a, on a, on a night in app. That, that was like during my peak of when I was like, like, like blogging hard, like grinding, grinding out, going, going to every home game, like doing takeaways for every game. And it was just a disaster watching him most nights not even some nights most nights if if you didn't see him that was a fantastic game for him what number was he 47 47 okay joe, I think I... joe you've heard the micah story about andrew mcdonald right uh no the ineffective mass or not ineffective. oh i know <laughs> i know who micah is but okay. i don't know the story <laughs> so the, Mike has told this story publicly, so I can say it. It's not a secret anymore. He, at one point, um, was working for the Flyers as a okay. consultant for nerd shit. Because yeah. he's very smart and he knows things. Every, the only, he says the only thing that he did for the entire time that he worked for the Flyers was to periodically go into a room with all of the front office suits and say, Stop playing Andrew McDonald so much. And every <laughs> single time they would say, uh, all right, thank you. And then continue playing Andrew McDonald. His entire tenure with the Flyers was trying to tell Ron Hextall, please stop playing Andrew McDonald so much. And no one ever listened to him. Ron Hextall, you mean the guy who traded for Michael Granlund? Like of his own will and f- like free will and volition? The wow. very same. Yeah. Our old pal Ron. Wow. I didn't. Even, least, I wasn't even here for the Hextall years. Just Chuck Fletcher is the only GM I've known outside so of Danny. There's so much history you need to know. Yeah, truly, I, think I need that to write be... like a Bible of the Flyers for people like Joe to consume, so they can Honestly, learn their history. Let's make that a segment: five minutes of Flyers history for the next show. Just like Joe, here's you're going to learn you some uh, some Flyers history. Oh well, Ryan put some shit on the outline that could get us a little bit of. 
Flyers this year. <laughs> I mean, we, we can we can go go into that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Um, Flyers honored Mark Recchi over the weekend. The uh, another former Pittsburgh Penguin added to their uh, Hall of Fame, and joining uh, John McClair, uh, Rick Tockett, and other guys there. Um, Kelly Hinkle, uh, what are, what are yeah. your thoughts on the the Great Eight? Some might call him uh, Mark Recchi. Okay, so let's just do a story time. I am a noted hater quotes of Mark Recchi. I don't like Mark Recchi. And it stems from, okay. So you know how like when something happens in your formative years, it kind of sticks with you like a band that you really liked when you were 12 or a movie that you saw when you were little, those little, those things that when they get you when you're, you're young, they just kind of stick. You know what I mean? So the beginning of my hockey journey it started with the Flyers, obviously, but I was in high school and so obviously quite poor. And so I went to a lot of Phantoms games because they played at the Spectrum at the time. Games were cheap as hell. I went to a ton of Phantoms games. And Bill Barber was the coach of the Phantoms for a while. And he is the one that took them to their first Calder Cup championship in the 98-99 season. So I was a very big fan of Bill Barber. He was, in my mind, over the course of his time with the Phantoms, very good at developing the young talent. And the teams were always very good, obviously, won a championship. And eventually, he was made coach of the Flyers, which I did research, which is like unheard of for me. I never do research. I just try to remember shit, which never works. Um but what happened was back in 2000-2001 season, Craig Ramsey was coaching the Flyers after Roger Nielsen left because he had cancer. Craig Ramsey was 12-12-4, and four, so he was hockey 500. And Bob Clark, noted firer of coaches, <laughs> decided that he couldn't deal with Craig Ramsey because he didn't like that the team wasn't tough enough, which is everyone listening fully understands this um let me see i'm gonna find the quote exactly the responsibility of a coaching staff and of the players is to be in great condition to play the game with discipline and to play the game with emotion clark said those things are controllable you don't have any of those three you got a problem there are too many players that have been inconsistent in their performance and i didn't see it changing i felt we were sliding and i was scared we were going to be out of the hump by christmas anyway i just thought it was weird because I didn't remember this, that Craig Ramsey was hockey 500 when he got fired. Like, that's not even that bad. Like, it's, it's like coaches don't typically get fired for being 12, 12, and four. And back then, hockey 500, those were four ties. Those aren't four yeah, overtime losses. losses. Like, that, that's yeah, yeah. actually hockey Literally 500. Literally 500. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. So they bring Bill Barber up, um, who was kind of like, Everyone was waiting for Bill Barber to be made the head coach, and it kept never happening. And I think he got interviewed by another team at one point. Maybe that's why the Flyers decided to finally hire him. Anywho, they bring up Bill Barber. He goes 31-13, 7, and 3. What are those three? That's probably playoff games. Anyway, he... Team goes on a tear with him. They make the playoffs, lose in the quarterfinals. Um, Bill Barber goes on to win the Jack Adams. I still love Bill Barber at this time. So the next season, we've got Jack Adams winner Bill Barber coming in coaching a team that is primarily made up of a lot of rather big name veterans at the time. So you had Keith Primo, you had Mark Recchi, the villain of the story. Um, John LeClaire was still on the team. So like, this is a, a team primarily of veterans and this was pre-cap. So this was when the flyers could still just buy anybody the fuck they wanted. So it didn't matter that they were all veterans None of this mattered. They could pay whoever they wanted. It's a team full of veterans. Long story short, during this season, a rather vocal group of players, including Captain Keith Primo, 
Mark Recchi, who I remember very specifically being on television saying shitty things. Noted asshole Chris Tarian. And I want to say, I think there was somebody else who was always involved in mouthing off. Anyway, they kind of, essentially, when the Flyers were eliminated from the playoffs that year, went on television and two newspapers and out loud blamed Bill Barber for the team falling apart. So, like, imagine, if you will, Travis Konechny going to uh, beat writer Charles O'Connor on the record to say, like, the Flyers are on a five-game losing streak because John Tortorella doesn't know how to coach. He never told us what to do out there. We just had to figure out ourselves. Like, could you imagine such a thing? No, you couldn't. It's absurd. So, yeah, so because at the time, formative years, I was such a big fan of Bill Barber, I found this mutiny to be very unseemly. And as a result, it colored my opinion of all of the players involved. Keith Primo redeemed himself because he fucking ruled. Mark Recchi did not redeem himself in my eyes. He remains the villain. The you other one, him, everyone knows. You could call him a home wrecker. Okay. I gotta go. The wrecking ball. No. Oh, no. But anyway, yeah. So so that's my little story time Flyers history. About the time that a group of old ass veterans who had been around the league for a decade at least decided that the coach was being too mean to them. And so he had to go because they didn't like it. They didn't want to get yelled at on the bench. They didn't like Soft. It. Soft, exactly. Soft. They're not right. real flyers. So this is why Pittsburgh Penguin <laughs> Mark Recchi should not be a member of the Flyers Hall of Fame. I don't want to hear about his points total. I know. It doesn't matter to me. I've already made my decision. Did they retire his jersey or is he just like in the Hall of Fame? They only retire the jersey, it seems, when they go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And Mark Recchi is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, poor Claude Giroux. He might never get a retired he's, number. He'll get there. Oh, he's 100%. He's 100% making it into the Hall of Fame. Come on. Haven't we seen that image of, like, he just wants one with Claude Giroux on it? Like, the Stanley Cup championship? No. Uh, he's going to he's he's following in the Lindros footsteps in that he's been his entire career fucked by the Flyers for never putting a team around him and he's going to go into the hall without a cup sad in his heart because of us but he's one like maybe not first ballot but definitely like second time around he's getting in the hall for sure yeah, he's going to Flyers will retire his number after 10 years. He's also kind of been screwed in Ottawa. Like they were on the up and up. They were supposed to be competing for I the playoffs this year and, and they're awful. Last year he had 35 goals, 79 points. This year he has 41 points in 45 games. Like he's playing better now than he was in his final few years with the Flyers there. So he yeah. had the <laughs> he had the highest goal total of his career last season, I think. Right, he's thirty-five goals. So Correct. Yeah. He's still so good, and I love that he went to Pierre Dorian and was like, "Get us a defenseman." And he went out and got Jacob Chikrit, who is like, he was the best defenseman on the market at the time. But apparently, not that good. And apparently, he's on the chopping block. Like they're trying to shop him. Apparently, wild. Up there. Yeah, yeah. Ottawa is just like they have the talent. They have they have the the pieces, but it's just not yeah, I don't know together. What's going on there. Kelly, while missing. you were. No, I, I was just gonna say I was just gonna pitch a who says no of getting Tim Stutzla out of there. All they need is Morgan Frost, but you know. Joe, I, I'm I'm <laughs> all, all aboard the Stutzel bandwagon. Don't, don't, I mean, it, it's it's not gonna happen, but you know, no, some, some picks maybe connect me, uh, but like, yeah, it's it's not gonna happen for, no. for Stutzel. No. Well, Kelly, while you were telling that story, I was trying to find some quotes that, that you were referencing, and I didn't realize uh, Brian Boucher, the beloved Brian Boucher, also oh, came yeah. out one of them. against him, and, and and Simone Gagne. Like it's, uh, I I did not know that about these beloved figures. I've only I only knew it about about uh, Recky via you. Yeah, they they well, that's because I've chosen to 
retcon everybody else. And it's just Mark <laughs> Rickey that did this. Um, but, but yeah, the, the veteran leadership on that team really just picked Bill Barber up and threw him directly under the largest bus that they could find. And he was fired as a result. And his career is buried under the Kate Smith statue. <laughs> wherever it may be. Where, wherever it may be. See, I missed that drama too, but I just, I see it pop up all the time and I'm like, okay, sure. I wouldn't say you missed it, Joe. Uh, no, you didn't. Mm-mm. That Yeah, that was, that was around silly. that time-ish. It, it's been dragged out to be around that time at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the current team, not not uh, not 20, 20, 20 years ago here. H- how are we feeling? We're 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 at the we're at the All Star break now. We're through fifty games, still in a playoff spot. Not sure if we should still be hoping for the playoffs. Like, w- what's the vibe right now around this team? I mean, if if they're not going to be tanking, they might as well make the playoffs. If they finish like, you know, just on the outside looking in, it's just kind of like, well, what was the point? You know, it was fun while it lasted, but if you're not drafting the top five and you're not making the playoffs, what are we doing? What are you doing here? It's going to, a lot is riding on the way they come out of this break for me. If they still look flat and shitty the way they have the last few games, although I know they've lost five in a row. All five of those haven't been completely terrible efforts. No. But um, they gotta they gotta get it together really quickly because the path to just missing is definitely wide open for them, which is the worst possible outcome, as Joe said. Because then not only are we not having any fun, but we're also then having to complain about the draft pick, which is always a real party for everybody. Um, but also the path to making the playoffs, I think, is also open. They can do it. They have yeah. banked themselves a nice little buffer of points, and they're being helped by the fact that other teams in the Metro are underperforming in Garbage. ways that I did not they're anticipate. so bad. The Rangers are 4-5-1 in their last 10. Like they, Yeah, they, they have op- started shitting the bed. Yeah. I still don't understand how the Devils like the de- I don't understand why the Devils aren't good. I don't get it. Oh, their goaltending is yeah. yeesh. Yeah. Real bad. And, um, and they he, might Dougie get Hamilton's been out for like yeah, a no while Douglas. and and might be out for the whole season. Uh, yeah, and then they just lost their best faceoff guy. Uh, Michael McLeod had like an insane faceoff Ooh, number. Yeah, they have one of those, don't they? Yeah. Michael? Is it Michael? Yeah. His yeah. faceoff percentage Thanks. was uh dang, let me see. 65% yeah. this season. That's, That's insane. <laughs> that is ludicrously is. good. Last year it was 60.6%. Like mm. Yeah. That's huge and they've just lost their like best faceoff guy. Um, yeah, they, they, Hughes was out for a while. Meyer has been out, in and out. Palat's been in and out. Like the Devils have just been in their goaltending. Like, yeah, they got they got it's rid of Blackwood. Vanacek's not anybody. Nico Dawes is their their backup now. Like it's, Kira it's, Schmid. Um, Kira Schmid, yes. He got he got them through a playoff series last year, but he's just not had it this year. He's young enough; he might be able to work it out. But if if they're trying to go for it, I I mean, they need a goalie more than they need anything else. The Flyers just need to tighten up. If they can tighten up the defense, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. Yeah, I think trading Walker, which seems like an inevitability at this point, will help the defense. But I could see them waiting till trade deadline day to, to trade him. So then you'll get you know the steady pairs. You know who you're playing with. You know, you know the play style that'll help build chemistry. Yeah, I think this team has what it takes to make the playoffs. If you look at the Metro, we mentioned it, like they have to just be less sucky than the Islanders who aren't good even after getting Patrick Waugh. The Penguins who are, you know, kind of scary a little bit. Devils aren't gonna make any noise, I don't think. Capitals suck. So it's just basically staying above Islanders, Penguins, Devils, and Caps in in, in the Metro. Because I, whoa, I think whoa, whoa, they whoa. land Did you just write off the very talented Columbus Blue Jackets. 
Columbus is uh, Columbus needs to just clean house. They should yeah. fold the franchise, honestly. It's not good. How about um, the Utah Blue Jackets? How does that sound? There you go. The Salt Lake City Blue Jackets. Salt Lake City Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Speaking of defense, are you guys at all worried about Travis Sanheim? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be. It seemed like maybe he was better on the right side playing with Cam York and not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, being that guy, like being able to be more aggressive. He's not going to be that guy that's going to take chances with the puck when he has Drysdale on his pair. And some of those clips that were circulating on Twitter about him just not moving on some of those Bruins goals were absolutely horrific. So, yeah, he, he, he was looking he was looking great. And now he's had a pretty bad downturn. Um, we were thanking Tory Krug for not waiving his no trade clause. And now hopefully they can trade him somewhere else maybe. I mean, I think he's much more likely than Ristolainen to be moved. But, oh, his contract is through 2031. Like that's... They're not going to... Oh. I don't think they're going to move him. No. And how are... Worried how? Like... Okay, so here's the thing. I think most of us were pretty surprised by how good he looked at the the first third of this season after last mm-hmm. season. Because last mm-hmm. season was a disaster for him. Mm-hmm. I just worry, like... Is... Is like his positioning, his partner is that like so tenuous that like any change in that, any movement, and now his game is completely falling off a cliff because that's not great. And then, like, I kind of worry like if he starts to like get into his own head, is he gonna fall back into whatever was giving him the the yips last season? Like, I I don't know. I I do worry a little bit only because. I feel like this drop off has been like so steep over the last few games. And like, obviously granted the entire team has fallen off pretty badly, but like we, we need Travis Sanheim to be as good as he has been at the start of the season, because that's kind of like the entire linchpin of the defense at this point. So uh, I think he's going through a slump, but I've, think he might also just be exhausted um like the past two games he was on the ice for over 24 minutes uh against tampa that was 22 against ottawa he was under 20 um and then he was over 20 over 22 over 22 over 22 over 22 over 22 like he i don't think he's used to this kind of workload yeah um I'm I'm willing to cut him some slack. I want to see how he finishes the year. Because if he finishes strong, I think it's just a matter of adapting to the role that's been thrust upon him. Um, but, yeah, the, the slide... I feel like this five-game slide is just the team has run into a buzzsaw. Um, Kurt was talking about it in the Slack chat, how the PK has just turned into a pumpkin. Yeah. The Colorado and Tampa Bay power plays are elite, and they have been for years. Detroit was shooting like a 38%, 40-something percent power play for the first month of the season. And they have Shane Gossespierre, who we all know is a very good power play kind of guy. Um, Ottawa has Claude Giroux, who is also, we are aware, a good power play guy. Like, I think... I think a combination of fatigue. Oh, and Boston. I mean, Pasternak is just going to burn you every time, especially his 0.9 goals a game against the Flyers. Yeah, he. Yeah. yeah. Choose throw us like I, tissue paper. Yeah, the I thing don't with bet Sanheim. On sports, but that's a bet that you should make every time. Yeah, I think it's just a perfect storm of like they're exhausted, they've played a lot of hockey they're all kind of hitting a slump at the same time and they just ran into some teams that are buzzing right now. Yeah. And he's, he's looked his worst. Like you said, he's, he's been run down. He's been averaging over 24 minutes a night. And like, we got our hopes up that he was more than what he is, which is which is a, probably a solid second pair defenseman, maybe a top pair guy that can be carried by his partner. And he got exposed by, like you said, those, those top offenses. He was on ice for four goals against Boston, four goals against, against the abs like mm-hmm. he's being tasked to play these minutes no one 
everyone's going to get victimized by you know, Kucherov and, and, and McKinnon and Basternock. Like there's no shame in that. It's just, he, he's the one that looks the worst because we have seen this before from him. And we're so afraid of seeing that again. But yeah. We need, we need Sanheim to play like he was in the first third, first, you know, almost half of the season. If we want to be a playoff team that could, you know, not even necessarily make some noise, but like, you know, thread a little bit in the playoffs. We need Sanheim to be that number one, number two guy. I think he's still got it in him. I will see how he looks after the break, but I, I still strongly believe that having Ivan Provorov out of the picture really gave him the opportunity to shine. Cause if Provorov was the quote unquote franchise, number one defenseman, what is the incentive for Travis Sanheim to try and play like a first-pair guy if he's never going to have that spot or that role? He's oh, for always sure. going to be log-jammed by Provorov. So now that that block is gone and he steps into this role, he's like, okay, I have the freedom to like make this my own. Um, I feel like that's going to take a season to work out. So I'm, I'm willing to give him a bit of leeway for now. But yeah, we'll I, I think Sanheim def- definitely de- deserves. I mean, he is on the older side now. Like, you've, this is, is probably pretty much what he is. He's he's twenty seven, mm-hmm. going to be twenty eight late March, and but he's locked up, like I said, until twenty thirty one, which seems so far away. Like, like he's he's going to have to hopefully find this level and maintain it if the Flyers are going to keep him throughout their contract. You know, yeah, and, and this year, rest of this year, next year, figure out who can play with him best, and you know, get get that pairing moving forward and he'll be the you know the grizzly veteran when this team is actually ready to compete he's got a no move clause too for the first four years of that contract as well so they're stuck with him regardless yeah oh yeah he's yeah there's no getting rid of travis sanheim it was this summer or never so yeah yeah, I, I think this team getting some playoff experience will will be valuable. Obviously, they're playing in, in competitive oh, games now, which 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 Briere mentioned at the press conference last week. And like, but like I, I kind of view this as the, if they make the playoffs, like the 2018 playoffs. You know, they had no chance. They were going against the Penguins, just like you know, kind of save some dignity and and show up in a few games. And they did that. And like, yeah, you want to get these guys some experience, and hopefully, these young guys can be guys that go forward with the team and not the you know, Nolan Patrick, and then and hopefully we won't have uh, Valtteri Filppula playing first line in the playoffs. Like this team, <laughs> this, this team. What? <laughs> You're I think joking. That, that was in an elimination game, I thought, or maybe not. I, was, I don't. Oh, that was before Joe's time too. Yeah, Couturier oh. played that game six on a torn ACL or something. I think and it was his the... shoulder. The shoulder. That that, that makes yeah. more that makes more sense. MCL. Mm-hmm. MCL's in the shoulder. No, that's also knee. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Couturier had some, had some some AC joint maybe sprain in, in his shoulder, and yeah, so he was out one game, and, and Philpula played the uh, played the top line in that game, which I, I don't think went very well. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's wild. Um, so, on the subject of crusty veterans, Ryan Paling, <laughs> not a crusty veteran, <laughs> but he's a he's a good four C. One of the, I, like, yeah. I I like the signing. He's like I I, I guess we should like, talk about some flyers like actual happening, shouldn't we? He is in my mind like a near perfect fourth line player. Like he's and, not much of a liability. He's fast as hell. He's not old. He mixes it up. Like he's yeah. He has some skill. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's not Nick Deloria. Like no. he can do stuff. Or Nate Thompson, Sometimes. or Patrick Brown, or uh, Dale Vies, or Philpula, or listen, yeah, we, we don't <laughs> sell the name of Danish Gretzky, Dutch Gretzky, Dutch, Dutch Gretzky, Dutch. 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 Danish. And who are the Dutch? Who are I don't the even Dutch? know. No, that, so that was like part of the point here is so many Flyers prospects when they get called up to the big squad. They get paired with these crap veterans where they're not allowed to flourish or succeed. If a prospect like Lixell or Twamala gets called up and they're on a fourth line with Ryan Paling, that's a much more fair shake than some yes. of these other players. Like this is he's a good four C right now, and he's competent enough that any prospects that get some minutes with him 
are not going to look crap because they're on a crap fourth line. Right. They're the potential for actual hockey to happen is there meaningful not, minutes. Right. It's not just a bunch of anchors that you throw out there for four minutes a game and hope that a goal isn't scored against. Like when Paling's out there, like he genuinely can make something happen from time to time. The other day, I, I can't remember if it was the Boston game or the game before. He was like, he looked so fast that I was like, what the, f-? like, has he always been that fast? Or is just, just like, I just signed a new contract and now I have some money fast? Like, I don't know, but he looked really good out there. Last season, I think he had the NHL record for fastest speed burst and also like the record for most speed bursts over like 22 miles an hour. Like he is. Ryan Paling better than McDavid confirmed. Confirmed. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think it was like an NHL edge stat that they posted on Twitter a couple months ago. But I saw that and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> but he is he is just He's a fast. speedy guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. He can't puck handle at that speed, but, you know, it's all right. He can't barely puck handle at all. But, yeah, he was up (laughs) to uh, 24.32 miles per hour, according to this this web, this article by Thomas Williams on uh, broadstreethockey.com. Subscribe. September. Yeah. So please subscribe. Good information there from from Broad Street Hockey. But, yeah, but the one thing that polling, this this paling contract does that some people are going to be upset to hear is in conjunction with no kids coming back and him being just a, a solid two way two way guy in the bottom six, it makes Scott Lawton expendable. Um, mm. you know, Anthony DeMarco wrote today that you know they're still trying to hope hope for a first round pick for Scott Lawton, as they they had had an offer for it at the last draft apparently a first round pick which I would have taken for him I, I would take him I would take should him have taken yeah, yeah. Sh- should should have taken absolutely have taken. and. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's a type of player, as we saw last year with the Lightning trading so many picks for Tanner Tanner Janot, that you know he's a type of player that could still get a first round pick this deadline, next deadline, this off season. He's still under contract through twenty twenty six, so we'll see. You know, I think it's also the Flyers are happy with the leadership group they have, and Lawton's a big part of that. But you know, they have these young guys also coming up that are making a name for themselves and like being good in the locker room. Joel Farabee hosts on all those players. Claude Giroux yeah. said he was probably captain material. So, you know, you see this this new group of leadership meshing together pretty well. I also think this is, as far as Scott Lawton goes, this is one of the first times that we've seen the Flyers with time as an asset. Because they're actually in a rebuild, they can use, like Scott Lawton's got a few years left on his contract. They don't have to sell him now 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 for whatever you get you can wait maybe you can include him in part of a package to move up in the draft or maybe Mm -hmm. you can chase a young 1c because a veteran team doesn't have space for him but they need a, a bottom six guy who's reliable so there isn't that rush that there used to be. Like if a team is going for it, it's like, you got to clear the roster spot. You got to clear the cap. You got to find that player right now because this is it. Flyers have a little bit of time to make some decisions. They don't have to jump at the first thing that uh, comes their way. Although if someone offered the Tanner Janot trade for Scott Lawton, I'd be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Have a nice career. Honestly, if someone offered them a second, I might take it. Oh, Really? Are we that low? Are we that? Is it is it in the first half of the second, or is it is like a playoff team? Well, I feel like the only team trading for him at the deadline is playoff team. So yeah. Um. No, I I think he probably like like Joe, possibly said possibly be a a trade or a draft day trade where it's like okay we'll give you Scott Lawton and a second or third round pick for your first round pick like to move up a little bit. Maybe. Uh, I could see you know a package of Lawton and like a Konechny type going to Ottawa in, in the off season for, uh, for a package of younger players. Like they want, I was, I was going to say the same thing, <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Scott Lawton's from uh, Toronto. Konechny played junior hockey in Ottawa. Like they have some roots there. They have Giroux obviously like, so I could see them wanting to go after, they want to go after quote unquote professional hockey players. Like Lawton and Konechny have, Absolutely proved to be that under under Torts. 
I think they I would feel, actually. I, I feel strongly I, that Ryan Gilbert wants to trade Travis Konechny. I don't. I do. I, I, I'm one of the biggest Travis Konechny fans out there. That is yeah. one of the few jerseys that I wear to games. I made that highlight video of him after the stadium series game. Mm-hmm. My cat is named Teeks. So I do not want to trade Travis Konechny. <laughs> he is just probably our best asset right now. Well, 100%. In a rebuild. So, so maybe Ottawa doesn't trade Stutzla or one of their other high-end young guys, but they might draft third overall this year. <sighs> like, they look real bad. Would you trade TK and Scott Lawton for that third overall pick, plus the Flyers' earliest first-round draft pick? So yes. if they draft, like, 18th TK, Scott Lawton for the third overall pick. Oh, wait, all three of those mm. things? Yes, for the third overall yeah, draft no, pick. no, I'm not including a first-rounder for that. I would say... Either one of the players in the pick or the two players, but not all three together. For a third overall pick? It would have to be like TK and the 18. I would do that. Is is this happening because someone fell down that they wanted? I I, I admittedly have not looked at this draft class whatsoever besides knowing the top guy, Celebrini or whoever. So there's a 6'7 defenseman. (laughs) Yeah, but is he good? Yes. Yes. Looks like, well, he also looks like he's got speed and Can't puck teach. skill. Can't teach size. No. So you're saying he's Eric Lindros on defense. <laughs> uh, what's his I'll name? Uh, Siliev. Anton Siliev. Oh, no. Not another Russian. Mitchkov needs a friend. Come I'm on. scared of. I'm scared of. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm still scared that he's never coming. Listen, if. Look. The Flyers might as well go all in. If Mishkov doesn't come over, the whole rebuild falls apart anyway. You might as well just go like, you know what? Best player available is this Russian who won't be here for two, three years. Fuck it. We ball. Like, let's just go all in on this. And if, all Russians. And if they can't come over, well, the rebuild wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, I'm Oops, also scared. Russian. I'm also yeah. scared that Mishkov might end up not coming over. I almost considered him not putting in one in my 25 under 25 for, for the midseason, but he's oh it, he wasn't it, my one yeah no okay. it depends away. how you rank it depends if it's like a like a like a ceiling rank if it's ceiling mixed with like what they're doing right now because like yeah that's the thing my amorphous yeah. ranking method doesn't yeah doesn't just go with like who is going to be the best player at some point it's that's like, what makes what it is, fun yeah. yeah what has mishkov done for me yeah <laughs> Nothing. Giving has, you hope for the first yeah, time in years. Say. Yeah, what a fucking monster. Is there anything worse than that? <laughs> <sighs> Whereas Owen Tippett, Owen Tippett has given me some shit now. He has delivered on things. Okay. So, he he got that bag, too. Well, yeah, that's, that's I, a perfect, I put perfect Owen transition. Tippett, Owen Tippett was my number one in the summertime, 2525, and everyone had some shit to say to me. And look who looks smart now. That's right. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tippett now locked up to... Oh, he's not here on Cap Friendly because he's on IR. Uh, $6.2 million until 2032. Another fake year there. Uh, another bargain. another nifty nifty bit of business here by uh, Danny Bay. Uh, what, what do you guys think? I think it's, I think it's going to prove to be a bargain. I love it. Mm-hmm. so much <laughs> it's man it's a good contract now and has a lot of potential to be one of the best contracts in hockey like yeah i'll put, I'll put that out up, there now if he keeps this up and the cap goes up you know let's say in four years the cap is eight million dollars higher than it is now like all of a sudden that's like a Couturier's first contract level bargain. Yeah. That Danny Greer has gotten us, which is outstanding. And I that's saw really some... going to help when they're building a contender. For sure. Mm-hmm. I, I saw someone like, oh, well, if, if he stays healthy, it's great. I'm like, he has never had like any history of injury. This is the first like real injury he's And it's had apparently just an ankle sprain. Yeah, they put him on IR, A, to be safe, B, to accrue cap space for the deadline so that they can still broker deals when the time comes. And, like, why make him come back to play three games before they go on a break? Like, it didn't make any sense. Look how bad the Flyers were without him, which is... I mean, fair, but also better safe than sorry. You had to let Ollie get his licks, and he he looked pretty good there, like so. He did look all right. 
I, I I'd like okay. to see I'd like to see a bit more. Just more minutes, but yeah. I want to um, see Tuamala. Oh, God, Kelly, you're speaking my language. I want to see Tuamala with Paling. I want to see. I want to see what he can do. Yeah, because Tuamala is fast. That guy can skate, and so can Ryan Paling. And I want to just see those two just zooming around out there. Mm-hmm. Put Tippin with him on a line. Just go all speed and just fucking skate. Oh, oh my god, that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be I awesome. I'd love that. Fast. Yeah, that 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 under torts. Yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Under uh, torts. Yeah. This is the first time I'm looking at the uh, Cap Friendly's contract comparables here for Owen Tippett. And looking at him, I prefer Tippett to all these players. Brandon Hagel got uh, $6.5 million. Tori Terry got $7 million. You know, maybe, maybe Terry's a bit better. But that's, you know, Josh Anderson, 5.5. Nick Schmaltz, 5.8. Andrew Mangiapani, 5.8. Like, I would take Tippett, Tippett and his upside over that. And I also do want to clarify that we we owe Chuck Fletcher no apology for uh, the Owen Tippett no. trade. No, no. I, listen to me right now. Obviously, I can't prove this. <laughs> I strongly believe that Chuck Fletcher called Florida and said, I have this guy. He's only going to go there. And then Florida was like, do you want Owen Tippett? We are not really using him. And Chuck was like, okay. Like the idea that like Chuck Fletcher somehow like brokered a deal for Owen Tippett, like the man did zero negotiations. I think that Florida had no space for Owen Tippett anywhere in their organization, seemed to have given up on the idea of him being anything with them. And so they were like, do you want this one? And Chuck was like, all right. And took him. Like, I, I don't, I don't give Chuck Fletcher any credit. Like he somehow tricked Florida into giving us Owen Tippett. Like no, no fucking way. No way. No, no. I, I think that's correct. My only caveat is maybe Florida didn't know that Giroux had said, I will only go to Florida at that point. I feel so like Chuck probably said it out loud because he's very smart. <laughs> he probably <laughs> did. Oh, man. I, the JVR debacle. Left wing mm. for sale. Left wing for sale. And <laughs> couldn't find anyone to take him. Too hard. Can't. Too hard. Too let, hard. Me, let me just quickly look up JVR's stats this year because uh, they're not terrible. He's, he's killing games. in Boston. 32 points in 45 games played, eight goals, 24 points, plus eight, averaging. To be fair, that entire team is ridiculous. Loaded. Averaging less than 14 minutes of ice time a night. Can't so lose. properly, properly slotted. Yeah, and, and that's what happens when you're a good team that's chasing cups. Like they, they signed him for $1 million. I mean, and he's getting probably one of the best deals there on 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 whole free agency and Shattenkirk too they got him for a million he's been playing decently for Boston I, I don't know how Boston does it they're they're once again just one of the top teams in the league and without Bergeron should have kept Jim Montgomery should have kept yeah yeah even as 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 much as we are enjoying the John Tortorella experience if we could go back in time I would still hire Jim Montgomery yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I, I thought you were a torts hater at the beginning. Or have you uh have I you was. come around? Have you come around? He, he keeps like proving me wrong. Like I keep thinking he's gonna do dumb shit. And occasionally he does it a little bit, but for the most part, he's been way more rookie friendly than I expected him to be. He's been way more pro guys taking chances way more pro offense than I thought he was going to be. Like he, I was 100% wrong about John Tortorella. Happy to admit it. I think most of us got that one wrong. I mean, to be yeah. fair, like based on his history, like but we when has he, when has he ever coached a team that wasn't going for it? Like this is the first time in his career that he has mm-hmm. coached a team that is not like trying to win a Stanley cup. Was so Columbus going for it? I don't remember. I, they're I don't just irrelevant they were to me. Going for it, but they were when definitely. When was he there? They just had Line A. They just drafted Line A like a they few years line before a. that. Winnipeg drafted Line A. Panarin still, right? Oh, they traded. They they had PLD, and they they did have Panarin for for that. At least that did they have him for more than a year, or was it just a trade? I don't remember. I don't know. I I hate that grandpa. 
But it was under Torch that they did the upset over the yes. lightning, right? Yeah. yeah. They also <clears throat> also um, had a Vecna Trophy winning goalie in that, and with they models, definitely, which, I mean, which like, definitely helped. They yeah. very firmly were, were not a rebuilding franchise. That's yeah, for sure. I think that a Tortorella team, and I only know this because the Edmonton Oilers just did it, set the second longest winning streak in league history. I think that was under Tortorella. Um, the Blue Jackets, which is <laughs> hilarious. Right. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Columbus was trying. They were going for it. When did he start there in Columbus? Um, uh, March 2016? 20, 2015, it looks like he started. 2015, yes. Yeah, they had 76 points la- that year, but then 108, 97, 98 the next year, and then 81 in the, in the shortened season. So, yeah, I guess they they weren't not going for it. So I guess they had to be had to be going for it then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of us has definitely flipped flipped on Tortorella because opinion opinions can change as you know things come out. And like, I don't even know what the worst thing he's done. Like Briere, I don't know what he's done that's bad. I think, you know, we probably are being results-based because of how Frost and Atkinson have responded to their to their benchings. Frost just, you know, completely doubling up his point total in the past whatever however many games since that. And Cam Atkinson's been been hot since then then too. So yeah, besides that, besides benching Bobby or healthy scratching Bobby Brink in his hometown for Deloria, I thought that was kind of shitty. Um, yeah. I, I I questioned him stapling Farabee to the bench in that game when they had 11 forwards that. and then 10 but then you know Farabee has been an animal since then so maybe it's just you know the Flyers are getting lucky with these guys bouncing back the right way but it can't be a coincidence that all these young players are taking a huge step in, the, in their second year under torts no I it's been it's been so fun to watch <laughs> too like <laughs> I, I agree with you the Bobby Brink scratching was a bit uncalled for the way he scratched Travis Sanheim last season was rough, but it seems like he kind of learned from that Travis Sanheim debacle and handled it better when Brink had to be scratched in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand scratching Brink for for one of those games, but they were playing like a back to back or two and three or, or something like that. Yeah, it was a back to back in Minnesota in Winnipeg. Like, uh, yeah, you know, and then they yeah. they shut out Winnipeg. So <laughs> maybe what do we know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're not behind the bench. So, I mean, we, we, we're, we're, we're here behind the mic instead. Hell yeah. Um, right, I feel like we're like an hour in here. I feel like we had some good flyer stock. Any other uh, points you're itching to get off your chest here before we uh, try to wrap this up? I think this is an excellent first outing for all of us. Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Um, I agree. Plenty to talk about after, as or as the trade deadline comes up, too. Yeah, so yeah, we're relaunching this now for the second half, committing to one episode a week for now. We're going to have you know hosts rotating in. We'll have Steve in, have Stefan as a guest, might have have Maddie in, have have Thomas in. So have them all. So have whoever wants to come on, cycle in. You know, talk talk about the Flyers. Just do you know talk about what people are talking about with the Flyers. There's always something to talk about with the Flyers, even here during the All Star break. Uh, I'm going to try to get you. We'll try to get you another episode later this week. You know, without any games, might be. uh, bit harder not have much to talk about but there is always plenty to talk about so yeah, yeah make sure you consider uh, yeah consider the rotation of uh everyone on the broad street hockey website coming in we're each our own superhero in the <laughs> broad street hockey cinematic universe and we're each getting a moment to shine with our own movie or disney plus series <laughs> my only contribution to this podcast is that the BSH yeah. Yeah. All right, then. That's uh, going to do it for our first show. Make sure you uh, subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.